You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. Episodes 58 through 62 are a part of a five-episode series devoted to G Suite activities, add-ons, teacher extensions, and student extensions. In episode 58 and 59, we'll go over 40 G Suite app activities that you can implement in your classroom tomorrow. In episode 60, we'll introduce some of our favorite add-ons to enhance your G Suite experience. Finally, in episodes 61 and 62, we'll break down some of our favorite extensions for teachers and for students when working in the classroom. If you need some inspiration for digital lessons, these are the episodes you've been waiting for. Check it out. Hey, Nick, we're back with episode 58, and uh, I kind of just want to do away and kind of put COVID-19 like on the back burner. I feel like everything everyone's been posting about has kind of been attached with the COVID-19. And, I, you know, let's just get into something else. Let's, let's not focus our content specifically on that, but start talking about ways that we can use G Suite in the classroom. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, we're all kind of oversaturated hearing about the, uh, you know, the virus and the pandemic and all that stuff. Most people now have settled into whatever their new lifestyle is for the next couple months or so until this kind of blows over, hopefully. Um, So yeah, I think it's probably a good idea to talk about some ed tech tools today that can work for your virtual classroom if that's the way you're teaching. It can also work for your real classroom uh, if that's the way you're teaching or for whenever we are back in our real classroom. So I think that'll be helpful. It's also good to, I've noticed the more like normal stuff that you can engage yourself in. We've been, I don't know about you and your wife, but here at the, uh, the Johnson house, we've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings with family and friends. We've, just, we've realized that you can play, I don't know if you know the game categories, but you can play categories pretty easily through a Zoom meeting. But these normal things, these normal kind of, I guess if you can call it a hangout with people uh, that you love, it feels great just to kind of get some normalcy back. So maybe we'll try the same uh, theme for today's show. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the major uh, G Suite apps out there, Docs, Slides, Sheets, Help me out. Sites. Yeah, all, all of them. Sh- uh, sites, classroom. I think we're missing one. Drawings, forms. J- Jamboard, I think we'll mention in here. But we're going to go through them all. And we're going to mention a bunch of different activities in which you can use in your virtual or your regular classroom. I've used many of these in the regular classroom. So we're very excited about uh, running off some of these ideas. We're hoping that you get one or two that you haven't heard of before and that you're able to run with it. We will try to uh, put as many templates to each one of these uh, activities uh, in the show notes so you could just, uh, you know, copy uh, make a copy of them and use them for your own classrooms. Yeah, this is a this is a mega list too. When we started putting it together, I think our original idea was to just come up with 20, but that really quickly ballooned into 40. And if we spent more time, I'm sure we could make it even bigger than that because obviously with uh, all these Google apps, 
there's so much you can do. And I, I think we came up with some pretty creative things. Some, like you just said, some you've heard of before, hopefully some you haven't as well. So um, do you think I, you want me to jump into it and start off with docs, sort of run down our docs list? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do that. But before, I'm, if you hear of any activity or you use an activity in your classroom that's not covered today, or if you think you have a better way of doing an activity, reach out on social media, post a resource. We'd love to uh, check it out and love to take a look at it and kind of see if maybe we can mesh the two uh, templates together and come up with some mega resources. All right, man, I'm glad you pointed that out. Let's get into our list of 40. I'm going to run down all the ideas we came up with specific to Google Docs, and we'll do a quick description. We'll kind of elaborate uh, as we go, as uh, something piques our interest here. So first idea for a Google Doc, something called a HyperDoc playlist. You may know these things as playlists. If you know of, or if you've heard of the term HyperDoc, it's a pretty similar thing. Really, you're creating a digital lesson with the Google Doc as the platform for that. So the Google Doc contains links, it contains images, it contains everything the students need to sort of run their lesson as that Google Doc takes them to different places where they access content, where they test the content, where they're assessed. It's all contained from there. I love Google Docs for HyperDocs. Collaborative story writing. A second idea, uh, assign a Google Doc to a group of students, obviously because of the collaborative element where they can all edit and in real time, you could require that each student maybe writes one paragraph of the story, maybe in different colors so you can keep track of who's who and you get sort of like a nice, fun, creative, uh, you know, assignment or story built after that. Uh, digital debates. This is one of our favorites. We've talked about it before. Use the Google Doc as a platform for the debate to take place. Takes away some of that stress of the real life debate and opens it up to the digital world also. I think that's a great idea. A wanted poster. This is, I think, more from your history classes, but really this could be anybody where you would study, you know, like some person, some sort of a figure that you want the students to know, to know about. Uh, just have a little fun with it and have them use a Google Doc to create a wanted poster for that person. In doing so, of course, they have to demonstrate that they understand a little bit, you know, about that person's life and what they did as they create that poster. And then these last two sort of could work. And a lot of these actually can have some overlap, but these two specifically also could be used with Google Slides, but um, create a trifold, you know what I mean? That sort of classic trifold pamphlet. You could do that on a Google Doc or a Google Slide as well, where there's different, you know, those three different sections that they sort of separate out and put different information on each one. And one of our personal favorites, the scavenger hunt can be conducted with a Google Doc. Uh, the scavenger hunt, of course, uh, taking place on the Google Doc or the Google Slide, if that's what you're using as the students click different links and navigate to, uh, or maybe the Google Doc directs them to different places around the classroom as it has like little hints that they can use. Uh, so those are our six ideas to start off our list of 40 for Google Docs. Let me hop in here a couple because there's a couple of them I just want to point out or make a couple comments to. The first yeah. one is the HyperDoc playlist. So, you know, we've mentioned the HyperDoc girls and all their fantastic templates that they have on their site, you know, on a different episode. But if this is the first time you're checking us out and you haven't heard of the HyperDoc girls, make sure that you are going in and checking out the HyperDoc girls and all their templates. They have, they have uh, HyperDoc templates for every subject, for every grade, uh, K through 12. So go check out those. But let's talk about that HyperDoc playlist. 
So usually a hyperdoc has some type of five or six letters, and they, they vary. There's uh, research, there's engagement, there's all these different words that kind of explain what the students are supposed to do. And then they hyperlink to a different web page or different resource. So for this playlist, you're just focusing on the activities, and then each one of these activities might have a descriptor, and that hyperlink is going to take you to a different hyperdocs so they all go at like their own pace the students go at their own pace is this what you had in mind for this yeah that's pretty much the gist of it i mean uh, i think i may have talked before on the show but it's been a while i created a whole hyperdoc unit after we first kind of discovered the hyperdoc girls which you, i'm glad you mentioned because they are probably the are definitely the experts in the area beyond us so they deserve to be mentioned but um I was so excited by it for that element of letting the students kind of click through and work through these activity links at their own pace. So I was like, well, this is fantastic. That's how we should be doing things. So I tried it and I sort of built this, an, an entire unit. And it was actually, I think it was on thermodynamics or thermochemistry. It's sometimes called it in a chemistry class where the students did that. So there's a series of Google Docs. Each one is like a little self-contained lesson where there's a learning experience. For me, sometimes they were labs. So the students might click a link and it took them to to, you know, some procedure, some lab experiment that they had to go conduct. After that, there's some sort of a, you know, way to practice or, or make sure that they understand what they were supposed to uh, from that learning experience, that lab or that simulation or article or whatever I had them check out. And then at the end of each, there's like a little way to demonstrate their mastery of that thing. So you can, for me, it was almost like each HyperDoc, each Google Doc was sort of built around one lesson objective. And at the end, of course, they have to demonstrate their mastery before they can move on to the next one. So that's kind of how I built that. And this all, I mean, this works great for virtual learning too. I mean, that's basically what I'm pushing out to my students now that they're all working from home is these little Google Docs that are themselves self-contained lessons with links to everything they need. So yeah, that's pretty much how it works for me. So I know we're going to talk a little bit about gamification and the Amazing Race uh, template that we use with Google Sites later on, but I feel like this unit would be extremely easy to convert into an Amazing Race just using Google Docs. So if each activity was something that they had to, uh, that was like each stage of the Amazing Race, I feel like that's an easy way of doing that. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of ties in with the, the other one I think that I wanted to mention here too. My, uh, the last idea we had was for a scavenger hunt that can be conducted off a of Google Doc. It's basically what you're describing, maybe separated from specifically the amazing race, which we'll, we will get into later. But, um, you know, send your students to different places, have them find things like a typical scavenger hunt, but the Google Doc can be the centralized location for those hints. Uh, or it, it's a great spot to drop in a QR code. Uh, you know, go, go to Google, look up a QR code creator. So they have to use their phones, hold their phone up to the computer screen that has the Google Doc up. So the QR code is there. You know, the phone scans the QR code and now on their phone, they've got the hint or the direction or whatever they're supposed to find. Maybe if they're, you you know, if they're home, you can send them around the house or the yard or whatever they've got access to and they have to take a picture of, of something and submit it into uh, whatever form you need them to. There's a ton of ways to conduct this sort of game-like experience uh, with the Google Doc as, uh, as sort of like the means for that. Is that was sort of what you had in mind there with scavenger hunts? Yeah, I also want to just throw in there that a lot of people think it takes a lot of work and effort to make a QR code. It's really just copying and pasting a URL into one of the hundreds of different 
QR code makers out there. So I just want to throw that out there. They're super useful. A lot of people are using them for business cards now. They just make a uh, QR code and anytime they're going to hand their business card into anybody, they just show it to them and that person scans them and then they could they can save that information that way so i think that's really really cool nick before we get any further i just want to ask you what is your favorite g suite app man it's such a great question as far as versatility i think i think slides google slides and i'll maybe i should say right now the thing i discovered about you taught it to me actually about slides that made it jump above the rest is you know you we typically think of Google Slides as the replacer for PowerPoint and you use it for presentations, right? I mean, you put a slide together, present it. I didn't know this until within the past year, but you can change the size of the slide to whatever you want. So you can take a Google Slide and you can change the size of the slide to eight and a half by 11. So it looks like a you know, like a normal piece of paper. So it looks like, guess what? A Google Doc. You can take that slide and drop in a table. So it works just like Google Sheets. Um, there's no margins. There's no you know sort of messiness that you have to sort of work with in a Google Doc that's built for mostly, you know, word processing, writing papers. It's very free form. I think a Google slide can also function like a Google drawing, dropping in text box, images, move them around, resize them, crop them. Slides is, is my go-to for sure, because I think it can do so much of what the other ones can do also. What, what do you think? I'm going to agree with you up until very, very recently. Probably, well, well, not very, very, but last, uh, let's see, was, was it June? That was just in Philly, right? Yeah. And we, we had the opportunity to kind of talk with uh, one of the edu celebrities, uh, Matt Miller on the floor, who he's a nice guy. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to talk to him. I just asked him a question and he started talking to me about it. And it was a cool conversation that we had, but I was like, slides, really? I think that's all I said to him. It's like, your favorite is slides, really? And he was like, without a doubt. And then he kind of gave me reasoning why, which, uh, you know, made me reflect a little bit more. Up until that point, I would have probably said sites because I use sites for everything right as a platform to push out projects and all that but you know you and i sat down and, and we were trying to come up with activities that you could use slides for and we came up with 17 or 18 without any hesitation we could have kept going so yep. what we did is we kind of condensed these into the ones that we liked the most otherwise we would have just did a uh did an episode on slides alone, uh, which we easily could do. So Absolutely. You, you talked about changing the canvas, and this was one of my favorite things. Uh, you could change it to be whatever you want. Uh, you know, at our school, we just got a poster plotter and that poster plotter we have rolls that are 24 inch wide and we have rolls that are 36 inches wide so recently what i tried to do is make a 36 inch wide google slide and i i didn't really expect too much of it you know i, I thought it would be cool if it worked whatever if it didn't and i what i did is i went and found a image that i liked it was a high quality uh, vector file i threw it into google slides change the canvas to fit that 36 inches so I knew when it was being printed it would be that you know that length and that the width that I wanted it to be and it worked perfectly another thing with the dimensions uh, you can make ebooks whatever size you want you can make a yearbook a magazine a newspaper any of these things and make it whatever dimensions that you want so these are all a couple ideas that you know we love to do uh, with slides 
Another thing that we love to do is uh, make animated stories with Screencastify. All right, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about this because you've had the most recent experience with this. I think it's fresh in your mind. Yeah, sure. So just I, I like to picture it as reading a storybook, like a kid's book uh, to a group of kids. But instead, you create that on the, the Google slide. So, you know, drop in a little cartoon, maybe that you find like a clip art or maybe something that you've drawn or the students have drawn themselves and they write a story about it. So they animate each slide like they would animate a different page in the book. And then you can record uh, directly in the slides or my favorite use of this is to pull in some outside extension like Screencastify and they just record themselves reading that storybook as they go. So it's a simple use, but it's like a, a nice, fun, creative one. Yeah, I think my kids would love this. And uh, yeah. for anyone that knows Nick, he is a a weird obsession with narwhals. I feel like this could go places with your narwhals. So usually uh, Nick will find a way to include a narwhal in any of his lessons and sometimes in general conversation. And I picked up on this over the 10 years that we shared a office space. And uh, so I started coming up with things that I like that basically could, that could, you know, destroy the narwhal. Like uh, I said, a squirrel with large teeth that could just like chisel away at the horn of the narwhal, things like that. I think we have something going here we could probably make one of these for my kids in particular they would love it uh, i also like slides for animations almost like the stop motion type things uh, where you create an image uh, usually it's an image without a back background and you can put it on a background you just make minor adjustments each slide uh, and what that's going to do is it's going to be like one of those old time flip books that uh, I don't know the image might move a total of six millimeters throughout the whole flip book but it's still pretty cool I've had students in third grade I've had students in 12th grade make these animations and they're just very creative with what they do and a lot of kids get addicted to this I had a 12th grader that took us through photosynthesis uh, specifically the carbon cycle and uh, carbon molecules in the carbon cycle and uh, they did I think it was like 1200 slides 1200 and something slides and it, it showed every breakdown of uh, carbon and build up in carbon in that cycle which was very cool I also had third graders teach us a little bit about recipes and and how important the math is in recipes making sure that you follow the steps and they did uh, how to make I think it was cornbread which was a great choice I love cornbread yeah I gotta jump in too because uh, I did this with my chem kids this past year and um, they were trying to show the movement of electrons from one atom to another and uh, I had them do that, like you said, sort of like a stop motion where each slide of the Google slide, the electron moves just a teeny tiny little bit. And like you said, you get some really creative stuff. I had one kid that made each atom a toaster. So the toaster was representing the atom and he had little images of bread, like little clip art breads coming out of the toaster and the breads, the slices of bread represented uh, the electrons. So the little bread would pop out of one toaster and then it would, he would show it moving over to the other toaster. It would go into that toaster as it, as it attached to the other atom. Just stuff like this. Is, you just get all kinds of really cool things. So that's a, that's a great one. All right. So we'll continue on with a museum tour. This is one of my favorites. Uh, now that you can, well, we have been able to embed video into Google Slides for quite some time. But if you have students working with Google Slides and the slide is their canvas, uh, and each 
kid in the class has one of these canvases that they could work on, they can create a screencast and put their screencast, maybe their image or their video in the bottom left-hand corner and really use video, use that screencast to explain what their slide is all about. So whether or not they got to sign one of the you know hypothetical ways uh, of humans impacting climate change they can dress up their slide however they want and they can explain it they can explain all their evidence maybe they have some graphs on there about it they can explain everything on that google slide and then we have a collection of these projects which uh, students can review uh, and leave comments about. So I, I really like the whole museum tour type thing. You have a tour guide and your audience gets to ask questions. Moving on, you could always make a Jeopardy game or any type of review game. I've seen Family Feud, I've seen Jeopardy, uh, The Weakest Link, uh, Circle Gets the Square, X's and O's, I've seen all these done through Google Slides. There's some awesome templates out there. Yeah, let's point out too, um, don't try to make one of these yourself. You can but don't put in all that time. Just Google it. Like, like guys just said, you'll find a template pretty much for any game that you want that you can just make a copy of and then use. Also, uh, I'll just throw this in there. There's no need to go to teacher pay teachers for this either. Right. Uh, Cause there, there are so many out there that people are willing to just give away and they're high quality. Uh, nothing against teacher pay teachers, but save a couple bucks, use those for something else that you might need. Yep. All right. So, a media-rich research paper, Harry Potter style. So for this one, I, I like to make newspapers in Google Slides. I changed the canvas to be more of a the height being twice as long as the width. And then what I'll do is I'll put titles everywhere. And the pictures will actually be GIFs. And when you do that and you um, download it as a PDF the GIFs actually still run. So it's very cool. That's a easy way of making a Harry Potter newspaper where the, the people move and the images move. Yeah, this one is such a cool idea. I remember this is something else you showed me within the past couple of years. And it's just was one of those moments where a light bulb goes off and it's like, oh my God, that's so cool. We called it a research paper. Could do this for anything. Imagine a lab report, uh, like oh, maybe a lab research poster, let's call it, where you adjust the size of that slide to whatever dimension you want they can be huge um, and you fill it with you know text boxes in the normal but imagine there's gifs now that play and when you can download it as a pdf so it's no longer editable but those gifs keep playing and you get that that sort of motion element with where the harry potter style comes in just such a cool thing and it really expands the the boundaries of what a you know a research paper in quotes can be just so cool. So fun. And the kids think it's really awesome too, because they've, they've most likely never seen anything like that done before. So they will definitely get into that activity. Exactly. Uh, next one is an interactive uh, Google slides. This is also called a choose your own adventure. Nick, you're, you're fantastic at making these. Uh, it's a lot of linking, but uh, I feel like yours are are pretty awesome. It's it's a little bit more uh, design put into it than your your typical just like hyperlinking slides and everything. You put a lot of effort into those. So I know we'll be able to give a template of that. Uh, another one is a review game. Uh, I just made a whole bunch of squares and I made them go up 
like in a shoots and ladders type Ziggly, I could easily add ladders and shoots and make it a shoots and ladder activity, but I just uh, had it serpentine back and forth. But the cool thing is, is if you go to YouTube, uh, there are MP4s of dice rolls. So if you put that into the presentation, now you have um, someone pressing the dice each time and actually rolling it. And the students thought that that was pretty cool. The next one's one of my favorites, and I think it's un underutilized in education. That's Pecha Kucha. I I saw someone do a keynote with a uh, with a Pecha Kucha. It was a business keynote. It was on YouTube, and I just I just thought it was awesome. Uh, it's twenty slides, twenty seconds per slide, six minutes and forty seconds long. And on the slides, you have images. You might have charts, graphs, tables, but there's very little in the form of words. So it tells a story and the people watching watch the pictures come up and, and go to the next slide as the person is telling the story. And I think that makes the student in the classroom have to be on top of their game. They have to rehearse it. It shows them the, the importance of being prepared for a big presentation. So when they get into the business world, they understand how to take away that fluff, but still have all the goods that you need to make a successful presentation. So it really makes them be on top of their game there. And the last one is just a playlist. So this is kind of making a play on Nick's uh, playlist with um, hyperlinks and the hyperdoc situation. If you know that you're going to be out, you have a blizzard, you have something going on, uh, and you know that you're going to be out, say you're out sick and you want to leave sub plans, this would be one big sub plan. This is the way I'm imagining it, where each slide is a different lesson and students can go at their own pace and all the resources that they need are on this slide deck. And I just think that's an amazing way of kind of running through your class, keeping everyone on the same page. And when people are out, I, this is phenomenal for seniors that are going on college visits uh, and those types of things. Or maybe uh, they're out because they're going on the senior trip and half of the seniors stayed back. And you want to make sure everyone's on the same page. I think this is a great way to do it. Yeah, that's a, and that closes out our list for our Google slide ideas also. It's a powerful list. There's tons of good stuff there. Um, this next set of ideas is for Google Drawings. I've noticed a lot of people, teachers especially, they don't even know that Google Drawings is a thing. Uh, if you don't know Google Drawings is a thing, it's basically an image creator uh, that Google has. It's not often used because it's tough to find things to, you know, for a Google Drawings that you can't also do with Google Slides, but we've got a couple ideas here uh, where Drawings, I think, is particularly helpful. Um, I'll just kind of run through them all and then talk about some of my favorites. It, when you find Google Drawings uh, in, with, in there with your other Google apps, you can use it to annotate a picture or create an infographic. For infographics, um, with Google Drawings, you're starting from scratch, uh, like a blank canvas. So it's not going to offer you templates like a Canva would. But I do have to recommend if you just do a quick Google search for uh, Google drawing infographic templates, you can find banks of resources of these things for yourself or send your students there. And they can make infographics using Google Drawings. Picture annotations would just be sort of dropping in an image to the Google Drawings and then annotating it with text boxes or links or other pictures that link to other things. So it's great for that. Um, also in Google Drawings, 
you could have your students color in a map. This is something that we recently had to help a history teacher out with who was trying to figure out how to have their kids color in a, I think it was a map of Europe, but now all the kids are at home. So you can't print out the map. You can't get it to them. So how do you have them color in that map? Well, you could drop an image of the map into Google Drawings and then they can create little colored shapes and lay those shapes over top of each country and the shape gets filled in at a certain color to sort of take the place of that coloring in aspect. Um, and also this next one could be done in slides or even even docs if you had to, but they're called fake books. Uh, fake book is a project where you basically you create a fake Facebook page for some figure. Usually this is like a historical figure that the students are learning about, uh, but Google Drawings is a great setting for that. Again, I'd recommend using or finding a template online. You can find tons of fake book templates. So then from, from the template, you just make your own copy of it and edit it yourself or have your students edit that template when you send it to them. Um, so those are, you know, those are the ideas we got for Google Drawings. I think that picture annotation one, guys, is maybe the most powerful. Do you think we hit on everything properly there? Yeah, uh, just give you an example of how we use this. Uh, last year in AP Biology, they did fetal pig dissection. And uh, what each group had was a different system within the fetal pig. And they had to take pictures of their fetal pig, and then they had to label the parts of the system. And what they did is they made this interactive inter infographic. So it was really more like a flashcard. So when they clicked on the heart, which was labeled number 27. So if they would click on number one and in their head they said heart, it would take them to a picture of the fetal pig with the heart labeled and what the heart does, the function there. And they did that for each system. So each group had a different system. I thought that was a great way of using it. If you publish it as a PDF, uh, it makes it interactive and you could go back and forth between the, the two, the main image and all the sub images. And I know I have a YouTube video somewhere that explains how to do that. Uh, so I'll make sure I have that linked for the, uh, for the drawings, the history class, there was another history class that was that gave every student uh, a copy of the United States. It was just a blank thing of the United States with all the states there, and they had to put who they thought would win the uh, the prelim for the election, and what and each person had a symbol. You could use this for the presidential election too, and and have a symbol for Republican or Democrat there as well. So I thought that was a great way of using it. Drawings, it's a great tool, but you're right. Slides can do most of the things that drawings can, but there are reasons to continue to use drawings uh, instead of slides. I just like it because usually if I'm just working on one thing, I don't need to worry about a bank of slides. And really that's the only reason that I probably wouldn't use that. Yeah, I like it too. If you are creating some kind of an image and you want it to have a transparent background, that's kind of the default in a Google drawing. If you're working in slides to create an image, it's going to have a white background no matter what, but Google drawings, it's starts with essentially no background. So if you've just got, I don't know, like a little circle and you drop in a, a circle shape and then just make your image or your text inside of that circle, then when you save it, it'll literally, the picture will just be the circle with that transparent background. So for me, that's one of the best uses for drawings that you can't get with other things, but there's tons of uses for it that I'm sure you guys can play around with. Right. You can follow Got Teched outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at WeGotTeched. 
that about wraps it up for episode 58, the first half of our list of 40 G Suite activity ideas. In this episode, we covered docs, slides, and drawings. In episode 59, we'll get to the second half where we take a look at Google Forms, Sheets, Meet, Sites, Classroom, and Jamboard. Also remember that episode 58 and 59 are only the first two episodes of a five-episode series. So you can expect uh, each of these to be released uh, every Monday for the next five weeks. In the last three episodes, so 60, 61, and 62, we'll take a look at some add-ons and extensions that can make these activities even more powerful. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.